All right, so it's a, another edition of uh, Coffee Break here, the Lock Doc Security Podcast. Uh, this is Chad Lingefelt, and today we've got three special guests with us uh, that are going to be uh, really handling the podcast for us today, and that's going to be Levi Gray, Lucas Ward, and Kevin Starr. Levi is our customer service representative and handles a lot of the communications back and forth with our customers. Lucas is our programmer. He's our app developer um, a resident here at LockDoc Security and does a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of coding and a lot of development for our application. So uh, bring a lot, he'll, he'll bring a lot of uh, really neat information to the table today on that. And then Kevin Starr, obviously, has been a regular over the last couple of weeks as one of our account managers. So it uh, should be a great topic today, should be a great conversation, and look forward to hearing more from these guys uh, here on Coffee Break our Lock Doc Security Podcast. All what right. kind of coffee are you drinking, Kevin? Um, I have the just the standard Americano, you know. Same here. Triple. Well, actually, it's a triple shot of espresso because I took one of yours. Well, that's because I already had a cup. <laughs> All righty. So let's go ahead and get cranking here. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another riveting episode of Coffee Break. Uh, I am Kevin Starr. You guys have heard heard from me before. I'm one of the account managers here at LockDoc Security. And uh, Levi, I mean, yeah, Levi was going to join us this morning, but unfortunately, he had a uh, a family emergency that he had to take care of. So he is not on the podcast today. And our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. But across from the table uh, from me today is a new face, and that is Lucas Ward. Lucas, tell us a little bit about what you do here. Well, I am the app developer here at LockDoc Security, and the main part of my job consists of improving processes and kind of automating things that can be automated. Cool, cool. Anything else you want to add personally? Uh, I also love cats and um, robots. (laughs) You're part uh, robotic, I think. Well, Cyborg. that's kind of the running joke around here, mainly because I, I turn things that are normally uh, mundane tasks into, uh, well, aut- automation. So it's kind of robotic, I guess. So you're getting ready for when our mechanical overlords take over, you'll be like their general? Well, hopefully I won't <laughs> be their creator, but um, I, I may at least be allowed to, uh, to live, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Still, in, still, so it's like the Matrix. Well, the the jury's still out on that one. The so. jury's still out. Okay, cool. What'd you get into this weekend? This weekend, just yeah. uh, a whole lot of hanging out. Um, my my fiance Riley, she has every other Sunday off, so that's kind of our, you know, our time. We we don't really ever plan much, but we sure. always do plenty. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's always it's always good to have have a little bit of downtime. So, yes. You know, it it is what it is. So, how's your week gone this far? Uh, so far, it's been pretty nice. Um, we are working on improving the process of inventory management, which has uh, honestly been a headache since day one. But um, it's this past week, I, I think we've we finally reached kind of a, a major, you know, milestone in that the uh, the coding and the programming is is primarily done, and the the next step is to kind of implement it. So we, sure. we we tried to get Sam in here to to help discuss yes. it, but uh, yeah. He's you know, not. He's not quite at the same spot with the. Yeah, he said. I, I did try to. I went back there and talked to him for a minute, and uh, I was going to try to bring him in because I know you guys are working on a big process, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about today. In, in case you haven't haven't heard, today we're going to be talking about processes. But I know you guys are working on a big one as far as inventory management goes. Well, it's it's kind of funny that he's unavailable because 
if the inventory management process had already been improved, then maybe he would have that little bit of extra free time. I'll tell you what, though. The the biggest issue, though, because I guarantee it would happen. If Sam were here, we would be easily derailed, and we would be talking about probably pickles. Finger guns. (laughs) Pickles, finger guns, barbecue. I mean, it just... Late 80s version BMWs. Yes, yeah, late 80s version. Actually, no, his isn't a late 80s. It's early 2000s. Well, I like to give him a hard time about it. This is true, the Dream Beam. We would definitely be talking about the Dream Beam. (laughs) But I guess it's kind of of surreal because he's not here, and yet we're standing here talking about his BMW. So he's here in spirit. He's definitely influenced the conversation. He's a a very large part of this company, so, um, you know, we... Everything eventually involves Sam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely integral. Uh, and, you know, just kind of a quick background on, on who we're talking about here. Sam Gray is our purchasing manager, and he makes sure that all of our parts and everything that we need to complete our jobs are ordered in a timely manner, usually. It's, it's actually this momentous task, and the, the idea of, of this whole inventory management system is, is to kind of take some of the stuff that he normally keeps in his head and uh, put it into the computer. So that way he's not, oh, yeah, I, I think that we have these five cylinders in stock over here. He can just use our workflow management system to very easily see what's available sure. and what's already reserved. So let's, you know, let's just go ahead and jump just straight into it. We'll just go ahead and dive in, uh, you know, two feet first. There's a cliche for you. Fine purveyor, sir. A fine purveyor. I'll drop some more on you because I know you. I know yesterday you had said you were looking forward to. You wanted a very top shelf, you know, top notch cliche. I've got a few. Well, in my head, they, so. it always brightens my day when when Kevin starts uh, spouting his fine cliches. But see, it's. I mean, I know they're called cliches, but I swear it's just a little bit of wisdom that I think helps everyone along. You know. You know, I think that I could improve your clicheing process I'm with automation. Ears. I'm so all ears. You need to maybe compile a list for me and I will import this list of cliches into our system track via and then with just a click of a button and some magical coding app scripts you will be presented with maybe some python (laughs) you'll be presented with your cliche for the day oh yeah so a daily cliche generator could it go on our quotes it can go wherever you like uh one of one of the things I, I like to tell my colleagues here is uh you know if they will frequently come and say, hey, is, is there any way we can improve this, this, or that? Can we speed this up, make it easier to do? And uh, my, my kind of mantra is that, you know, anything is possible if you really kind of put your mind to it and, and do the research required. So some, sometimes there, there are things that have been shot down that are outside the, the scope of what I do here. But, um, you know, from, from fixing laptops to, uh, to just kind of automating the regular, it's a daily process here. Nice. So actually, let's yeah again. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Today we're talking about processes, and I'm I'm super glad that you were available because a lot of the stuff that we do and we have already kind of touched on it. But with the automation and the way that our system works, is you know you you're the one kind of behind the curtain, if you will, in in the background, making sure everything works and you develop the whole thing. So so what I so like wait, to do you're, is, you're saying I'm I'm sort of like a wizard, correct? So yes, you're like you're like the the Oz, you know, you're Oz, the great and powerful Oz. Well, I don't know about the great and powerful part, great. but <laughs> behind the curtain, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you know, I think it's going to be great because we are talking about processes today. So I guess what I'd like to do is kind of get how you start a process, you know, kind of. You, 
I guess if you want to call it the thought process to get a process so started. Why, why don't we just uh, choose um, customer service because sure. that, that was kind of one of the, the first areas that we needed to streamline um, you know and, and there's there's definitely a, a balance that you have to reach between what you're automating and what is still being done by a person you know because a lot of companies you'll, you'll call their main number and the first thing you hear is a robotic voice asking you to, to mash buttons. And, and we, we don't, we're not all about that here at Lockdown. Sure, absolutely. You know, we've, we've got Levi and Nathan and, and several others that are on the call list. And um, anytime you call here, you're, you're going to talk to a person. Now, as soon as that person gets you on the phone and starts getting information from you, this is where the automation begins. We, we take the kind of, you know, there's, I guess the customer service could, in my terms, be called a, a data input specialist so so Levi will will gather this data from the customer and um, if the customer is already in our system then great we can just kind of you know scoop everything up automatically if not then we can very easily add those uh, new customers new new locations into our database but um the idea was that you know the the faster that they can get the relevant information about the customer about the location about what opening they're working on then the faster we can get the parts together get out there on site so right instead of Levi every time having to, you know, search and, and look up bidding for this very particular opening at this address, we kind of just want to know that the customer, you know, is related to that location and right, kind right. of uh, just bring all that information to a, a high level where he can very easily put together a, a site visit, as we call it, which is essentially just, a, you know, a, an order for, for work to be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, customer service is... Uh, is one of those things that is in most industries kind of being phased out and replaced by the the literal robots. But yeah. um, we, you know, again, when when we talk about automation, we're talking about if it's something that you're doing on a computer very regularly. If you're constantly, let's say, every time that Levi creates a site visit, he needs to um, notify the technician that's being assigned. Well, instead of having Levi or Nathan or whoever it may be calling that person or texting that person, we can just use our, our smart system here to say, if, if this technician has been assigned to this job, then let's go ahead and automatically send them a text message. And, yeah, yeah. and we take it an, even a step further with uh, our automated customer updates, essentially notifying customers that, that, that want it, you know, yeah. by either email or text that, hey, this job's been assigned or it's waiting on parts or the, the work has been completed. So, yeah. you know, we still have that human interaction there as our, our tech is on site and uh, hopefully calling the on-site contact. But um, if for whatever reason there's there's someone else included in those updates, maybe a project manager, then we can kind of, uh, you know, sleep well at night knowing yeah, that that's going to be Yeah, kind of keeping them in the loop. And from what I gather, even from our clients, I feel like the, like the text updates and the email updates that automatically go out anytime – you know, a status has changed or work has been performed. I feel like it's been very, very well received. Yeah, most of the uh, customers are more than happy to uh, to have their inbox flooded with our updates. Yeah. And and I, I say that jokingly because a lot of companies, they, they take this whole idea of automation maybe a, a little too far where you're getting, right. you know, 10 to 20 emails or text messages and you can't even unsubscribe if you wanted to. But, um, you know, we, we try to keep it, uh, again, as a, a balance here. Yeah. So... To, to talk a little bit about how we talk kind about of the process of, of redefining the process uh, yeah, of, of developing that process. So, like at, where do you where do you start? I imagine there's a flow chart in here somewhere. Well, there there is lots of flow charts, but um, unfortunately, one flow chart rarely a- applies to uh, 
the different scenarios that we have to deal with. So yeah. as, as an app developer, I um, 100% use the, uh, the agile kind of methodology, which essentially just means, you know, we want to get this process working. And as soon as it's working, we can test it and then we can improve it. Right. So there's this kind of fast iteration cycle. So for, for customer service, again, you know, we, we designed this special tool to get the, the um, data from the customer. And essentially, the first version of it, you know, took maybe eight minutes to put in a site visit, or that's probably an exaggeration, but yeah, just to make a point, you know, the next iteration after that was faster and more accurate, and continual iterations have offered continual improvements. So it's, it's all about finding a starting point and then having some metric to decide where to go from there. So for inventory, you know, I'm, I'm sure the first time that we do a full inventory count and put our numbers in the system and, you know, unleash it on the technicians, the data is going to get messed up rather quickly. Yeah. But we'll be able to learn from that experience and uh, hopefully not waste too much time. Right. And uh, from that point, we'll be able to um, kind of, you know, rehash what, what type of processes uh, need to be changed and where the issue lies. Now, I know you got... Uh, tons of feedback from the, from the people in the field, especially when we were essentially when we rolled everything, the new system out. And, and to kind of give you guys uh, listening a little bit of a background, we switched to our, our brand new setup, which is TrackVIA 2.0, which is the system that Lucas has so diligently worked on uh, since he came here. And we rolled it out last November, into November, December? Yeah, it was no- November. I think we started adding some technicians to it. Yeah, so we started, we kind of did like a soft rollout. Um, we added what two or three people a week or something like that. Yeah, and you know, brought the, it online that way. The first couple of technicians to get on there, it was literally like, okay, does the mobile app work? Can you see yeah. the data? Can you know, you how, how do you everything? even use this? So, um, yeah, we we got some very early pre- preliminary feedback on some you know very basic stuff. Right. And then the momentum just kind of started increasing from that point. The more users we added, the more feedback we got, the more things we were able to improve, and. Honestly, it, it, it's kind of a never-ending process when you use this methodology because people will always find issues and yeah. areas for improvement. So, right. you know, the, the idea is to to get the, the system, the software, in, in really any case, to a, a certain level where the kind of feedback you're getting is, you know, things that may or may not be possible yet because yeah. of what uh, limits to the technology. And, um, you know, I, I feel like we, we've definitely come close to that point with, uh, with TrackVIA 2. It's been ten months now mm-hmm. in the making, and um, and just just to be uh, to throw this in there, you know, TrackVIA is actually a platform that is, is a hosted on the uh, cloud servers. Mm-hmm. So we just use this platform to configure our version of the software. Right. Right. Um, it, it would be the equivalent to like if you have like a MySQL database or something, you know, using that to um, to build an application on top of. You're not actually programming databases. You're using something that's been created to create something new. You're just putting your values in it. Correct. So, yeah. you know, our version of what we call TrackVIA 2 is really just TrackVIA. Um, but since since we were on what was called TrackVIA Classic, you know. The old we, process. Correct. We could just, uh, you know, kind of just call it TrackVIA or maybe maybe name it something different. Any thoughts? Any ideas? Yeah, sure. Uh, Lock Docs Workflow Management System, or you know, so I'm not I'm not the guy that comes up with the names, as you uh, probably we're, already we're know. St- we're still spitballing that one. Yeah. Still, still working on that one. Well, I, so you bring up some interesting points, especially when you're talking about feedback. So, so tell me a little bit about the importance of feedback when you're developing a process. So, 
kind of kind of the old way of doing things was you know you you talk to people at a company or in your own company and they say okay this is what we need the program to do and then you, right. you spend x amount of time doing it usually a pretty long time yeah and um then the program launches and people are using it for the first time and they're like oh i, I really wish that uh you know it had this changed functionality so the, the issue with this model is that to go add that change functionality, it might be another couple months or it could be something, you know, even longer, depending on what it is. Whereas kind of releasing a bare bones application and then improving it from there on out, it allows you to get the feedback early. People, people usually don't know exactly what they want until they've had a chance to actually use the application. Right. So by putting it in their hands very early when it's very messy, mm-hmm. they, um, they can kind of go ahead. Yeah, beta version, beta super beta. Um, they can they can kind of go ahead and start you know saying well this this doesn't work quite as well as we thought it would but we definitely like this process and um, I, I really think that that whole setup of constant feedback is really it helps to kind of inspire innovation you know because you give the people the opportunity to involve themselves in the development and suddenly you know you've got all of these things I I have a list probably 200 items of feature requests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it would be great to, to implement all of these features. But the reality is, is, you know, there, there's even kind of a sub process that has been iterated for just choosing which processes we're going to add. So right. you can really apply this agile methodology to to any level of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we I use it just to improve my day to day programming process. Like, is it, you know, I kind of give myself feedback on what's working and what's not with my planning processes and constantly evolve and change and see i think that's a very important aspect and and you know again you we're not live right now uh, so you can't really see it but lucas has his notebook in front of him like as he usually does every single day and you constantly i mean you take i don't think i've ever seen anybody take as many notes (laughs) as you you know and and i I have to you know kind of tip my cap because you're you're constantly making notes of you know what you're doing um what well, you're working on for the day, things that you've changed, so that if you have to go back and reference something, you have, you have a good, you know, a good reference point. And I think it is important to give yourself feedback. You know, like, hey, absolutely. You know, how did how was my workflow today? You know, and, and I know, and like we do it every single week with our, our weekly reports. You know, how is your workload? How is your stress level? What was something you accomplished? What was something you failed at? And I think that's all great feedback, and it works into this larger process, right? And kind of what we do here. It's not always about documenting what works but also you know how that process felt if if you know if, if you read through my notebooks you'll see um, many swear words and uh, <laughs> points of frustration so I can look back at that and say wow whatever I did here for this particular project it may or may not have worked but it definitely didn't work for my stress so yeah by by kind of you know documenting my feelings about certain decisions like if I you know when when designing the um, kind of the way that our parts and stuff were added to our, our work orders I had written down in my notebook that, you know, this, this is not the best design. Yeah. We're probably going to have to come back and change this. And, and the reason for, for, you know, consciously going with a, a bad design was because we had this deadline. You know, Tracking yeah, sure. Classic, they, they were pulling the rug out from underneath at us, and we needed a working system ASAP. Right. So, but since I had documented that, later on down the road, after I had long forgotten about it and forgotten exactly why that decision was made, I was able to look back and say, oh, and when I look back, I had actually already proposed an alternative design that is what I ended up using and going with. So, yeah. you know, handwritten notes may not be the most efficient method. I mean, obviously hey, we, we have not, laptops here, but um, I agree. I, I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign on you with that one, but I love handwritten notes. Anytime I'm out anywhere, 
that's part of my process is yes I have a laptop yes I have a mobile device but for some reason me personally I love to have a notebook with me so I can write all my measurements down take take notes so again I, can, I mean yes I could go back on my laptop or my phone and you know, look at that it's but there's something about just it being written in a journal I mean, it just feels good I, just I think feels too right. you know you could go up to someone and say oh I have 40 megabytes of plain text notes and you know they may or may not realize how much that is but if I go up to someone and I have a, a physical notebook and I say oh here's you know my my 300 plus pages of development notes it, it makes me feel better mm-hmm. like I actually mm-hmm. have something tangible because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. most of the things I work on you are you can't touch you know you can't reach yeah, out and exactly. hold track V in your hands but um not so it, it gives me kind of a, an idea of how much uh, development has gone on and how much has gone into it. And um, it's also just, you know, you you can draw graphs, you can take pictures of it, put it on the computer. Sure. I, I have my uh, fiance; she's kind of stenographing my notes into the computer. Oh, so, uh, here we go. They uh, so eventually will be searchable and viewable on the computer. Right. But uh, she's got a lot of catching up to do currently. Yeah. So. Well, but so again, you know, I, I, I prefer to keep written notes. It, and I'm sure you'll have some varying degrees of opinion on that. There are some people that will, you know, obviously argue with you. So, you know, it's better to have your laptop. I mean, especially if you're working on your computer, why not just type it up? Well, I actually, I have notes on my computer as well. And that's that's where things get really hairy is my, my notebook that I handwrite in will say, you know, see a Trello board to do column three. Mm-hmm. And then my Trello board will see, okay, see uh, page 76. And, and there is yeah. some flipping back and forth, but... um. I don't know. I, I like the multiple different mediums, and it, it helps me to stay organized. And it, it's impossible to to keep everything in your head, you know. Yeah. People come to me, and they say things to me, and I know that I am not hearing what they're saying. But right, I know that right. my hand can maybe write it down, right. and then I can return to what I was doing previously. Well, the other – and we talked about it a minute ago. So your notebook is, is literally, you know, part biography, part graphic novel. I guess, yeah. <laughs> because you're writing your feelings down. And drawing but, cat pictures. And drawing cat pictures, which is important to doodle. It uh, is. It's important to doodle, you know, every little bit during the day, you know, give your mind a relaxer. Absolutely. Um, but I feel like, and again, maybe I'm alone in this, but I feel like if I'm typing something on a computer, I am more apt to make it grammatically correct you know, and try to fix it or, or craft it a certain way that it's discernible and make it nice and neat. Whereas if I'm scribbling in my notebook or writing in my journal, I'm going to write down exactly as you pointed out how you f- truly feel about something. And I feel like in that sense, you can capture the essence of, of really the moment that you're in, you know, in that process. And I feel like that's more valuable, especially like in the, in the example you gave is we had a deadline and we had to just kind of, you know, jam something out, and you literally wrote in there, "This is a bad idea." Yeah. And then, I like mean, six down, six months down the road, and everybody's going, well, "Why? Why on the, you know, why do we do it this way?" And, oh, I got it written right here. This is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I also, I also have, uh, you know, this this theory that if you were to somehow analyze the uh, the tilt of my handwriting, that you could tell how stressful my week was because. <laughs> Some of the it is pressure. illegible, and you can tell I was writing very fast. So the pressure of your pen. Sometimes there's a, a, a fleeting thing in your head, and you just got to get it down as quick as possible. But um, I think that's enough about my notebook. It's uh, you know. But it's definitely an important part of the process. It is an important part. Um, Cause my, part my of process in particular, I think. Uh, and I think that you know anyone can benefit from having an extra place to jot something down. Sure. But um, you know there there are kind of other tools that uh 
are all are if not more helpful just as much helpful so if levi was here he would mm-hmm. be you know he'd be shouting glip right now saying glip, yeah. glip which is actually not even called glip anymore it's just been combined with ring central meetings but um essentially the way that well, i you use got hiver too well be talking that's, about hiver i'm not gonna talk about hiver that's <laughs> we don't want levi to get too excited when he hears this um one at a time okay uh levi, so you're awesome okay. so so i already mentioned trello and mm-hmm. um i kind of put you know big big picture ideas on trello sure. and then i'll i'll grab one of those ideas and say okay let me make a quick to-do list for this like what actionable items can kind of get the ball rolling on this because I'm, I'm sure most people would agree that starting is is always the hardest part but if, if you say here's what I need to do to start this project. Here's what I need to do to start this project. And then you sure. just pick one and you start it. Yeah. You'll find that you're, you're flying through tasks. And, and with right. Glip, that's, you know, you, you click the little checkbox and it kind of dissipates. You're right, and it's, yeah. It, you know, it feels good. So um, I'm all about those tools. I think that uh, it really streamlines, you know, your planning process and uh, all of that stuff. So, so for you, it, I, what I, I guess what I'm hearing is it's, it's much better to kind of, you know, get all of your big ideas kind of out in the open where you can look at them and then just pick one and run with it. Right. Well, it was I feel it, like if you if you try to tackle too many at one time, you may get bogged down or and just if, throw your hands up and go, ah, this ain't working and kind of walk away from it. If I if I shy away from from planning for too long, I'll go look at my to-do list and it'll say things like design and inventory manager. And that's right. not that's not something you can check off your to-do list in one day. So yeah. instead I like to put things like um you know document uh, critical inventory processes. So so in in this case for our company that would be, you know, adding products to inventory, removing them, reserving right. them, canceling reserves. And so there you just have kind of four very easy to wrap your head around tasks. It's like okay, I, I need to design something that allows us to add a few numbers to this product in our product database. And once you have those functions down, you can say, okay, how can I now combine these smaller things into, into something greater? Into so, something bigger, yeah. You know, let's say uh, a technician adds a product to a site visit. Well, then we want to run that uh, reserve function. Right. And let's say that he decides halfway through his job to switch that product out. Well, we want to cancel the previous reserve and then reserve a new one. So now mm-hmm. we've kind of broken the process down into its, its critical components, and we can figure out where those things live and that that's honestly what development is all about is a uh, you know making big problems consist of lots of smaller problems lots and of then smaller problems. googling everything so. <laughs> no i'm a professional googler seriously i uh and to to think that i used to think that you would just kind of learn all these things and keep yeah. in your head no we google everything so i haven't dropped a cliche on you Okay. Oh, I, I have, but I haven't really dropped a top tier. Well, I was expecting two or three. <laughs> okay, so multiples. So not to let you down, but if you're taking a larger problem and breaking it down into smaller problems, would you say that the 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 whole is is greater than the sum of its parts? Well, well that's really not a cliche though. That's it, just kind of a it depends philosophy. on so the parts separately usually are not able of accomplishing anything on their own. And when you put them together, you, you, so we, we put together these small parts and we, we get what is the inventory manager. So yep. from first look, that may just say like, okay, inventory management, but using the agile methodology and launching this inventory manager and then constantly improving it and automating what we can automate, you know, suddenly what we have is actually way greater than what we initially envisioned. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, I think this applies to lots of areas in Trackvia. Um, you know, we always knew we wanted to, to manage our openings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Chad comes to me all uh, 
frazzle dazzled with his ideas and is like, what if we put a barcode on the opening? And so it's, you know, it's this huge what if, what if, what idea if that seems so simple. bread and sliced it? Right. So, so, <laughs> the Earl you know, sandwich. and this happens more often than you think Chad will, uh, will have some brilliant idea and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll kind of collaborate and, uh, you gotta have a good idea, man. Though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you firsthand. I'm, I'm not necessarily the guy to come up with the ideas, but I am definitely the one to implement it. So sure. I, uh, I love that, you know, and I, I like the kind of working relationship we have there is, uh, Chad thinks up these crazy things and, uh, I usually take a deep breath, write some stuff in my notebook and have another sip of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let that get cold. Well, actually I, I kind of like cold well, coffee, you, but when you it's, put when some it's... type of sweetener in there and i don't it's chocolatey oh, and savory all at once oh i did I, I i put my almond creamer in i'm sorry I didn't it's put okay it's actually in. quite delicious oh good i'm glad you enjoyed it okay cool well i really do appreciate your input uh on the process and how kind of you develop well your I'm, I'm sure that uh my, my process is usually a lot more organized than my podcasting skills so <laughs> i think it's, i think you've done very well we'll have to definitely get you back in uh well, thanks a lot, Kevin. Again. So kind of for the last little bit, um, what we usually like to do is also, and you can probably add something valuable to this because it was a huge process, um, but we like to talk about um, a, uh, a project that we worked on recently and completed. Okay. And the one that I've kind of got in mind is Well Tower up in up in Virginia. So uh, it, what it is, it, it was a large project, um, big re-key. We're going, moving to a restricted key system. There was access control. Involved in the, and um, were there cameras on that? I don't uh, think so. I'm I think not it, actually familiar with the project. Okay, you're familiar with the process. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> all, all the projects look the same in, in track view. They they're, do, they're yeah. Filled with openings they, and products and services. Sure, and, but I mean, you know, and again, it was kind of like the one we had talked about last week down at for the school system down in down in South Carolina. You know, a large project, relatively far away. You know, kind of from our home base, so it took a lot of a lot of prior planning and the process that we kind of went through to, to get that one taken care of and again utilizing track via to its fullest potential and actually interestingly enough uh, Thomas which is probably your number one fan Thomas is uh he pretends to be my fan but I think he secretly wants to to murder me <laughs> I and I only say that because he, he always has this look in his eye when he's telling me man I just love track via it's great and he'll give me these crazy eyes like you better make it lovable, you know, and yeah. just like I don't know, it's it's this weird uh, thing. I, maybe I, just no, no, a feeling. No, no. I, th- I think it's just an off feeling because he really does. I think he no, he, he does. He he, he praises everything you do, and he's a huge fan of our system now. Um, but he was kind of managing this project, and it was very interesting because again, he's a huge fan of the process and track via. Uh, but again, you know, it was something that took you know multiple attempts before we even went up there and started doing work. I know him and, and Christopher went up there. Again, utilizing track via kind of our, I think our go-to process for large projects is kind of how they did it is that they mapped everything out. Right. They figured out exactly, you know, it was quoted before, but they went and they, they verified what was quoted and got everything labeled and tagged into the system so that it was easily searchable and digestible. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, Dorchester was strictly mechanical. Right. This one was, was different because it was mechanical and electrical, you know, because Christopher was involved with, with taking over the access control system, which added a whole another layer of complexity to, to the whole thing. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the process that we have now moving forward and how come we approach a lot of projects is, you know, let, let's get there, let's verify, 
let's get everything cataloged, tagged in the system so that we can reference it, and then we can move forward from there. Yes, I, I, I think something that has been very interesting to me is to kind of see this large project process evolve. Because initially, you know, we, we would send guys out on site and they'd be ready to do work, but then the barcodes hadn't been put in the system, and it was kind of just all over the place. Clunky. But, but through, through uh, you know, feedback and uh, conversations with Thomas and uh, with other technicians, we, we've really got it down to a science now. You know, when their big project comes in, the technicians, they know, you know, hey, i got to generate this master key system and get to Lucas to be imported, and we're going to go do a walkthrough and barcode these doors right. and, you know, get everything set up, and then the project manager is using that data to kind of make sure everything's good. We get the parts ordered, and it's, it's just all come together so well. And uh, I love it because it means that I, I didn't totally screw up. And I also, you know, enjoy seeing it kind of evolve because – it keeps getting better. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't think there will be a point where it's like, okay, you know, this works well, we're done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, maybe maybe there will have to be. But um, I, I also... I don't... I, don't, I, don't I, I disagree because, you know, like our mantra here is always improving. Right. And with the way that you have created this process is it's fluid. You know, it constantly is evolving and changing, you know, because needs are going to change. Yeah, we have... You know, two years from now, we may, you know, there may be some other function that we don't even know about yet that we may need because we just, we haven't got there yet. Exactly. I, I think, you know, a huge thing that uh, that we've accomplished here is we've made the system kind of infinitely scalable. And, and that's large part in thing to, you know, track via and their, their awesome servers and data security. But, uh, you know, no matter the size of the job, if it's, you know... 10,000 doors, you know, that's, that's just a number to a database program and it's going to, it's going to chew that up and spit it out. No problem. So it's, it's, you know, it's awesome to see. And, uh, I love that it's working out so well and, um, you know, it's just great. Awesome. Well, Lucas, that's all, that's all our time that we have for today. Um, you try to keep it around 30 minutes, but I do appreciate your input. Thank you for Thanks for, for having coming me. on the podcast, and we'll have to definitely get you back or get you in the rotation kind of on the, on the reg. For sure. All right. Y'all have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening. Peace out. All right, so another great episode of the LockDoc Security Podcast. We thank you very much for joining us today. And, uh, man, don't forget to connect with us online. It's LOCDOC.net or LOCDOCsecurity.com, LockDocSecurity.com. We'd love to... Uh, connect with you there and, of course, on all of our social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, all those places, YouTube as well, youtube.com slash L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. We've got a lot of interesting content out there and would love to uh, get your feedback and connect with you there. And we'll see you next time for another Coffee Break.